Hey everyone, please be advised that this episode contains discussions around spiritual abuse, religious trauma, and other sensitive topics. The content may be distressing or triggering for some individuals, so if you feel uncomfortable or find these discussions distressing, we invite you to prioritize your mental health and well-being and consider skipping this episode. This is the Touchy Subjects Podcast. My name is Erin Billings, and I'm your host. In this episode, we're going to be talking about church hurt and the changes that need to be made in order for the church to become a safe space for everyone who walks through the doors. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Touchy Subjects podcast. Thank you for being here. Today we are going to be talking about church hurt. And church hurt is one of those phrases that we often hear associated with petty happenings in the church, as in when a girl doesn't get the solo that she wants on the worship team or you know, that one volunteer that really wants to take things over and ends up bulldozing over everybody and causing harm and all of that petty disagreement. That is what a lot of people think as church hurt. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not what it is. Church hurt is not just about petty disagreements. It's religious trauma and spiritual abuse. I definitely have walked through a good bit of my career with church hurt. I honestly think that most pastors and church leaders have severe church hurt. And A lot of times I think that's why they tend to wall up. I know I did. Specifically, I've had a lot of conversations with pastor's wives, with them talking about things that have been said about them that has hurt them, and it does damage. But I also think that sometimes hurt people hurt people, and because of their walls being up, because of the hurt that has been done to them, sometimes they hurt others. And it's not necessarily like they're projecting. It's more that they are just trying to protect themselves. In my opinion, and I say this, As somebody who is not a doctor, not a therapist, not a counselor, I am none of the above, but I have been in over a thousand churches in my life, from touring, from working in church, from consulting churches. I've done and seen it all whenever it comes to church, all sizes, all different types of churches. And... In my opinion, church hurt stems from, number one, a lack of education around 
mental health. There has been such a stigma around mental health for as long as I can remember. I would say in the past 10 years, it's gotten a lot better because people are starting to talk about it in society. See, here's the thing. When you go to Bible school, or you go to a Christian college, or you go to seminary, or you go to a program that gives you your licensure to preach, they are not teaching you how to deal with people. They are teaching you how to read Greek and Latin, and they are teaching you the Bible. They are teaching you theology, Christian ethics. Hardly any of that is actual people skills. And part of people skills is knowing how to tell when a person needs help with their mental health. Part of people skills is getting to know them and knowing when something is off. You know, I've had a lot of people under my leadership when I've worked in church. And one of my things was I wanted to make sure that I know my people. I want to know their strengths and their weaknesses. Like that's something that I do as a leader. It doesn't matter if it's in church or out of church. I want to know the people that I'm working with, whether I'm teaching them something or whether I'm on a team and it's all lateral. I want to know the people that I'm around because then we're all put in a place where we can succeed. And that's important to me. And I believe that it should be important to all leaders. And I think that whenever we get to know people and we know the ins and outs of how they tick and how they work, that allows us to be better servants. You know, we're here in ministry to serve. At least that's what we should be. This is not a self-serving thing. This is a service to the people. And unfortunately, it's turned into something else in the church. It's more like influencer pastor driven. But I stand by what I'm saying. I believe that a lot of church hurt stems from a lack of education around mental health and how to deal with people. I do believe that along with a lack of education, like I said, they're not teaching how to deal with people. They're teaching Bible, which that's fine. That's what they're going to be teaching. However, they have to have both. I had one class in my church music degree program that talked about dealing with people. Everything else was, here's the theology, here's how to choose songs, make sure that your songs are biblically sound, no music, church music, administration and organization. That had a little bit to do with people, but I think there was one class where it talked about interpersonal relationships. And I believe that was only staff related. And that's a problem because I spent more time in my ministry dealing with people than I did on stage playing music. That should be the focus of seminary, of 
licensure programs of Bible college, you have to know how to deal with people. And if we could get to know our congregation, now I realize when it comes to large, large churches, the pastor can't get to know thousands of people. That's why he has a leadership team. And that's where those people get to shine. I also know how it is in a mega church where the pastor literally has security guards escorting him in and out of the building so that nobody can get too close. I've seen it with my own eyes, folks, more times than I can count. That is real life. And that's not ministry. That's you being a televangelist. That's you being an influencer pastor. That is not you actually shepherding people. There's a difference. And so a lot of people get church hurt just because they don't feel seen and heard. And I think a lot of that stems from being used and abused in church. And I'm going to take two different directions with this because People get used and abused as a volunteer, and I hate seeing it. I hate seeing it. Why? Because those people are working a nine-to-five job, and they love Jesus, and they love their church, and they love their community so much that they're like, you know what? After my nine-to-five, I'm going to go to Wednesday night Bible study. Like, that's real dedication. Those of us that had jobs in church, you know, that's a part of our job. So we don't go in until, what, 1 or 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, if there's a Wednesday night service. At least I didn't. But think about all of those people that are serving in churches, that they're working 40 to 60-hour weeks, and then they're coming in and they're serving on the coffee team or on the greeter team or in the youth ministry or working with the nursery. Oh, my God. I could not imagine working a nine to five job and then going straight to church and working with screaming babies. Not my cup of tea. That was not what I was called to. But my point stands. Volunteers, they get kind of the crap end of the stick because they're not employees of the church. They are volunteers. And I see so often where church leaders are not setting their volunteers up for success. I consult churches on their AV, their sound, their lighting, their video walls, their media, their music, all of it. I consult churches and one of the biggest flaws that I see is that those volunteers get burned out because they don't have the proper tools, they don't have the proper training, and because of those two things, nobody wants to be on the team, so everybody quits. And this is a major problem in the church. Being used and abused whenever you're a volunteer, it's awful. I hate saying it. I always tried to build rotations in my department so that it would give people freedom to 
you know, not be on all the time. So often in church, I felt like I had to flip the on switch because I was performing. Like, literally, I was performing because I was on stage. But off stage, I was performing as well. Not because I didn't believe what I was saying, but because the people aspect. It's not easy to be on all the time. That's how I felt as a church staff member. Now, let's talk about church staff members that are being used and abused. This has been something that I have witnessed, not only in my own personal life, but across the board in every church I've ever been a part of. I've seen staff members being used and abused. And I think it's because church has become such a high production value. Most of the bigger church, like media pastors, are putting in 60 hours a week consistently. And that is their expectation. And that is sad to me because those staff members, they are pouring their heart out in service to God, in service to their community, in service to their congregation. And they cannot say no. I didn't realize how bad my little people pleaser was until the little light bulb went off in my head the day that I got fired, actually, for insubordination. I had this aha moment. I remember the day. It was February 5th, 2018. And I was in the executive pastor's office of the church that I worked at. And I remember I about blew a gasket that day because that was, of course, when I was being told that I was insubordinate. And the translation of being insubordinate in the church is, you won't do what I say. You won't fall in line. You are questioning everything. And that's another level of mind control. And my issue with staff members being used and abused is that they cannot back off because that's their livelihood. I know so many church staff members that are trapped in their positions. I was one. And I know a whole lot more like me. And I know that there's probably some folks listening to this right now who are like, yep, I'm with you. And I don't know how to get out. And believe me, there's a way out. But the way out is to turn off the little people pleaser inside of your head. I'm telling you, when that aha moment happened, it was like, I don't have to deal with this anymore. I don't have to do everything that you say just because you're telling me that I have to. <laughs> Are you the Holy Spirit Junior? No. <gasps> that was a huge moment of freedom for me when I was finally able to see the mind control and be like, this is not for me. 
I am not supposed to be here right now. And be able to walk away from that. Now, I recognize I was in a unique position because I was single. There's a lot of people that are burned out and stuck in church ministry positions, and they have families to support. And that's what keeps a lot of people stuck. But my friends, if you are in that position, please find a way out. Make an exit plan. Whatever you do, you don't have to tell everybody. In fact, I would highly recommend not telling anybody but your significant other what your plan is. But make the exit plan. Take the steps to get unstuck. I'm not saying people should just up and quit ministry. That's not at all what I'm saying. But if you feel like you're being used and abused, it's only going to get worse. Boundaries. You've got to integrate some really loving boundaries. And if people cannot uphold your boundaries, and this includes your boss, if they can't observe that, you know what, I've already put in my hours and I don't need to do this extra thing. Of course, if you're contractually bound, you have to do whatever you signed. But if you are not contractually bound, get some boundaries. Talk to a mental health professional and have them help you build an exit plan. And if you don't want to build an exit plan, if that is not a possibility, get some help to alleviate that burnout. Because if you don't, it will eat you alive. See, this is the thing about church hurt, is that when we don't deal with the root issues of church hurt, the root issues being burnout, being culture problems, being lack of education. That's when bitterness, that's when anger, resentment, all of those things, that's when they kick in. And that's what begins to wear on our bodies, not just our mind, but then it starts to manifest in the physical. And I'm telling you this from personal experience. We're going to be talking a lot about it this season. All I can say is please find somebody to work with to help you get unstuck. And then the final thing that I want to talk about with church hurt is a lot of it stems from the church's culture not being a welcoming environment. This is something that I am adamant about as I begin my reconstruction journey. How does a church treat the homeless? If a homeless person walks in to a service, sits on the back pew, are they going to be scoffed at? Are they going to be made fun of? Are they going to get dirty looks and people holding their nose? 
Or are they going to offer them a meal? Are they going to get them a care package on the way out the door? Are they going to offer them assistance to find a shelter? Those are things that I'm looking at. How does the church treat the transgender high school student that comes in to their service? Are they going to make fun of them from the stage and call them out for their sin? God, I hope not. I've seen that one too many times already. And that's something I really pay attention to. You don't have to agree with somebody's lifestyle to show them kindness. You can disagree with their lifestyle. You can think that homosexuality is a sin. I'm not here to debate that. That's none of my business. That's between you and your God. Your belief system is between you and God. I'm not here to challenge theology. I'm here to talk about how the church treats people. If we want to avoid church hurt, if we want to avoid religious trauma, if we want to avoid spiritual abuse, how are we treating the people that enter the doors of the church? How does the church treat single moms? Do they just kind of leave them hanging out to dry and expect them to work in the nursery even though they can barely take care of everything? Or is there a ministry group that helps the single moms, gives them oil changes to their car, help lend a hand with babysitting whenever they have a doctor's appointment? Or if it's an unwed single mother, do they shame them for getting pregnant before being married? These are all things that I've seen with my own eyes. And I just want to make sure that whatever church I walk into, they love everybody. And I don't think that's too much to ask. God is love. Christ is love. And if we are showing anything but love, we are not representing God well. I believe that in order for the church to heal, if we want to have a healthy church, we have to start making changes. And the church hates change. The institution of the church hates change. When I was in D.C., I was at the Thomas Jefferson Memorial. And there was some writings engraved in the memorial. And one of them talked about how, as a grown-up adult, you cannot wear the same coat that you wore when you were a child. Imagine you being the size that you are in your current adult life and trying to put on a toddler 4T overcoat. It doesn't work. It's been outgrown. Guess what, folks? A lot of the ways that the church is performing and acting and doing right now is outdated. 
it's been outgrown. And it's got to change. The first thing that I would do, I believe that all pastors and church leaders need trauma-informed education around mental health. They need to know what to look for. They need to know how to handle it. They need to have systems in place. Like I was just told a month ago about a pastor that did not report whenever a child was molested because the state doesn't force you to do it. And I'm like, I don't care if the state doesn't force you to do it. You should do it just because of being a good human. These are systems that need to be put in place regardless of what's going on at the government level. And I get that a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to cause any drama. That's the kind of crap that has to be addressed. If a seven-year-old is getting molested at home, they probably don't need to be there. And guess what? You can do something about it. This is where church hurt, religious trauma, and spiritual abuse happen. It's because those systems are not in place. If pastors had trauma-informed education and systems, this would no longer be an issue. Or it would be less of an issue. You're always going to have your outliers. And then the other thing, if we're going to change for a better future, we have to build a better culture. The church's culture right now is trash. I worked in a church that reminds you of the Righteous Gemstones. I don't know if you've seen the Righteous Gemstones on HBO. It's an amazing show, but like that was my literal experience working in a church. Like that whole family dynamic. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. That is a crap culture. The culture of the church needs to be more welcoming, more inclusive, more affirming. The church has to build a healthy culture. Regardless of your gender identity, your sexuality, your race, all of the things that people like to discriminate against, the church needs to be a safe space. It needs to be a place where people can deconstruct without fear of being shunned. People need to be able to ask questions, point blank period. And if you have a church that it is not okay to ask questions in, get out, run for the hills, because questions are biblical. Questions are godly. Jesus encouraged us to ask questions. And so that's what we need to be able to do. And if you want people to stop leaving the church, this is for my pastors and church leaders out there who know that people are leaving in a mass exodus right now. If you want to grow your church, you have to build a healthy culture. That's just how it's going to be in 2023 and going forward, because people are not going to put up with it anymore. If anything, you can observe Gen Z and know that they aren't going to put up with it. 
Millennials aren't going to put up with it. They're going to call it out. And you're going to have a train wreck on your hands if you don't get your culture together. And honestly, if people do leave your church, it's deserved because you were not kind. You judged them. You placed guilt and shame on them for just existing. That's not godly. That's not Jesus. God is love. Therefore, we should be too. And if we're not, then something has to change inside of us. I hope that those of you that are listening that are Christian and are in church and maybe be in ministry, I hope you'll take what I said and try to apply it in your own life. Let's just be kind. Be gentle. Use the fruits of the Spirit for the love of God. I don't think that the church will change unless it starts with us, the people sitting in the seats, and the people on stage, people in leadership. It's not going to change unless we all make an effort. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Touchy Subjects podcast. If you would like more information about what we do and who we are and how you can get involved, check out our website, www.letstalktouchysubjects.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Let's Talk Touchy Subjects. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode.